the BWAMS podcast coming to you from Power at the Pass here in El Paso, Texas. Today is a very cool episode because we have Las Peregrinas in the house here. Bunch, four poets, four highly acclaimed poets on tour from California. And it's the journey to a sacred place. So we have Yehida, we have Marisol, yes. Sochi, and Vanessa. Cool. And um, tell us a little bit about yourselves. I'll start. Okay. My name is cool. Marisol, and I'm coming in from Fresno, California. And I was asked very um, by two very generous people, um, uh, both Yahida and Sochi, asked me to be a part of Las Peregrinas. And uh, I have a new book coming out in three weeks, and oh, it's awesome. called Tremor. And it's a book of poems, and that's what I've been working on. And I also teach at Fresno City College um, in Fresno City um, uh, in California. So that's where I am. That's who, what I've been working on. Very I have two little dogs at home. There you go. Very cool, Monica. <laughs> you just met uh, Eno- Enoch's dog, Shadow, yeah, Shadow, right? As soon as you guys walked in, yes. I knew you guys were here. <laughs> and he's all the dogs, I'm sure. He was like, <clears throat> I know you. Awesome. Cool. Thank you, Manis. Also, Thank you. And I'm Yahida. Okay. And uh, yeah, this has been really exciting. Um, Sochi and I had talked about this um, about a year ago or so, about taking a road trip and then possibly doing um, readings. And it just came out you know, wonderfully um, to go along the border. She has a book that talks about the border. And then I have a lot of poems about family um, honoring our ancestors and you know, in this journey, you know, of one doing what one loves, it really does become like a, a sacred journey. So, and I'm really glad that everyone here is here with us. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like you created a, a super team to come <laughs> out. And I imagine you guys have met over the years through teaching, through writing, school. Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome. Welcome, Yahida. Uh, I'm Sochi Julisa Bermejo. And, um, yeah, I'm a poet. My book came out in October 2016. It's called Posada, Offerings of Witness and Refuge. And um, hmm. it kind of came together because I did an, um, an action along the border outside of Tucson with uh, No Mas Muertos, No Mas Muertes, sorry. Mm-hmm. And so poems came out of that. And then, um, then I started also thinking about, thanks to a, a friend, a poet who read my work, he kind of pushed me to think about why I was so, why I needed to be on the border and why I did that action. Okay. And that led me to write about my family and their history and how they got here. And then also that led to just me talk, thinking about me in LA being single, um, wanting that home, wanting that family myself and like what that means as we're like searching for these things. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Um, hola, I'm Vanessa Angelica Villarreal. Um, my first book uh, just came out in September of 2017 through Noemi Press. Uh, their Acrylica series, which is um, centered on uh, Latinx voices. And uh, I'm writing about um, the sort of uh, psychological trauma, intergenerational trauma that um, mm. a lot of uh, Latinos, specifically um, Latinas, uh, endure um, at the cross-section of racism, sexism, um, you know, domestic violence, um, you know, and, and how that's handled at the hands of the state and institutional bodies. Um, and then sort of reaching into that wound, uh, which is a, a wound of the border, the wound right. of language, the wound of familial loss, and finding solace in your ancestors there. So I write a lot about intergenerational trauma um, and also intergenerational survival. Wow, it's it's amazing. And I recall Zanzadua to me, right, talking about 
the border, of course. And uh, so congratulations, all of you guys, on your recent publica- publications. Thank you. Um, I definitely want to uh, link up to those. Yes. Um, okay, so <clears throat> Las Peregrinas, a journey, and you said that you came up with that idea a little back. And so how has that been? It, you know, it's brought you right now to El Paso, but you guys visited Las Cruces. Uh, where else have you guys read and so Tucson. far? And Tucson. And Tucson. Okay. Tucson, Arizona. So how, how are those? Everyone has been so wonderful to us. I think one of the things that we've found throughout our journey is the community that has really been there for us, the Latino community that's just been so open-armed, like, you know, in tu casa, like, you know, mm-hmm. this is your house, right? Estás en tu casa, and it really feels like everywhere we've been, like we've been at home, um, and it's just been wonderful. And the readings as well, um, I think. We didn't, I, you know, I, I wasn't sure what it would sound like with all the, with all of our, our poetry, mm-hmm. but it really is, and like, listening to the other women, and read their wonderful work. It's so powerful to hear them and inspiring and um, and very filling at the same time. At the first night in um, Tucson, Arizona, it really gave me the feeling, I, at least personally, it really gave me the feeling of like what we sound like together. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that energy, you can't replicate. You can't get it from anywhere else. And, and just a wash with like just thankfulness and mm-hmm. Really thankfulness for being a part of everything. Uh, yeah, it was really special. You know, there's a lot of magic in in, in uh, poetry reading. So I, I'm really looking forward. I know uh, by the time this is released, you know, people won't be able to see it. But you guys are performing tonight at Mayapan, Cafe Mayapan. And uh, I am I know it's going to be amazing. I've been inviting a lot of people out. So hopefully that will work. Um, and I think I just cut... Someone, I think we're going to add to that. Oh, yeah. I was just going to add to um, the past two performances have mm-hmm. been r- really powerful in that they've been really healing for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of us are kind of, you know, on this journey for different reasons. And last night especially, um, there was a feeling that s- something spiritual had been summoned. Um, you know, wow. we all write very much about our abuelitas and our antepasados. And um, there was definitely a feeling of... Um, you know, a, a sort of spiritual presence that we kind of summon, you know, it's like Captain Planet, but for abuelitas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so much power in, in uh, readings. You know, I've been, as I was telling you earlier, you know, I've been running project director for the Barbed Wire Open Mic series. And, and through that, we've been able to meet lots of writers and just being able to to share poetry in, in public, right? Taking it from from the page to just in, in, a, in a space, a place where everyone can hear and, and not just that, but like communicate with each other, like make connections through the heart, through the, oh, I just hit my mic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I get for talking with my hands. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> how are you guys uh, planning to, to read tonight? So do you guys choose from your, your selections or how do you guys choose your order? The first night was Alpha. Right. And then okay. the second night, it was, I think, um, an order that we had given to uh, Denise Travis, and we just followed that order. Okay. But um, but we really, you know, I think it just happens as we go in each, um, as, as we go to each reading, it's just going to happen. Uh, just let it happen, you know, naturally. And it seems to be to have been working really well. So, yeah. yeah. Great. And, and so the tour is coming through El Paso, and you mentioned that tomorrow you're heading to San Antonio, mm-hmm. and then... To, to Houston, Austin, uh, so, and Austin. then Austin. Oh, and then Austin. Okay. Austin, Austin first, and, and then Houston. Houston. Okay, so so tell me about that that journey of going down through through Texas, and what you've experienced uh, so far. 
as far as well, the Well, we've only been in Texas for about an hour. Okay. Well, <laughs> well welcome. Um, welcome to El Paso, for sure. <laughs> um, I think I think uh, a couple of us were kind of surprised because we created the, the tour, but then, like, looking at the map, it's like, oh, most of the tour is in Texas. Yeah. And, like, it's not like we meant that to happen. It's just that Texas is it's large. pretty and, big place. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, oh, it's like two, the first two days are not Texas and then the rest is Texas. And mm. um, I'm excited. I'm excited for the barbecue. Um, tomorrow <laughs> we get to read a Gemini Inc. in San Antonio. So that's really, really exciting. Cool. Um, yeah. If anyone wants to add to that. <laughs> yeah, yo soy de aquí. Yo soy Tejana. Um, I uh, was born in the RGV in McAllen okay. and then was raised in Houston. So coming back as a poet, um, you know, it, someone said yesterday that it was like we were going along the border and healing the wound, oh, you hey. know, which was just such a beautiful thing to imagine. Mm -hmm. And so um, for me, it's also like healing the wounds that Texas has inflicted on 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 me, right, as a mm -hmm. Latina, because it's very hard to be Latino in Texas, yeah. more so than yeah. in, you know other states i think <clears throat> texas and arizona it's a hard place to be <laughs> yeah you get those uh conservative like kind of red red areas uh well paso's blue by the way you know and, uh, you know and, <laughs> thank and, you for saving us <laughs> and what you're kind of talking about is like uh it's, it's medicine you know it's not putting a band-aid over it but it's something deeper than that you, you kind of mentioned the the spiritual aspect of it or even like you said the sacred place um can you talk a little bit about how the sacredness how, how the sacred plays a role in your works? Um, I think a lot of, maybe all of us use, um, well, I know for in my work, I use a lot of um, like Catholic images. Okay. And of course, like the Virgen mm -hmm. is probably in all our work. Um, yes. uh, and so that's big. And then like my book is called Posada, which is a Catholic Mexican, you know, uh, pageant of uh, Jesus and Mary kind of going door to door, right. looking for an open door, looking for a place to stay. And so, um, and I felt like that was a good metaphor for the immigration, for the immigrant journey. Um, so yeah, it's just, and thinking about like, we came up with the name Peregrina, it's kind of like just going around in a circle, like what do we want to call ourselves? What do we want to call ourselves? <clears throat> and um, we came up with Peregrinas, and I thought a lot about that before we went on this journey. And for me, it's just like a posa, um, a, a pilgrimage is walking and uh, this thoughtful like walk and journey. And also for me, it's about honoring this place and mm -hmm. what it's done to me and what it's done to my family and all these other families and people that we're coming in contact with and just like right. honoring that and honoring those journeys. That's what it's meant for me and like and that holiness and that like that, that the journey itself is its own religious like expression. Okay. Yes, definitely. And uh, or spiritual. as you said, inter intergenerational journey. Yeah. And yeah. I think a big part of it is the traveling, the driving mm -hmm. and the moving and, yeah. and going back to places that maybe you haven't been in a long time or have never been. But for me, definitely going back to places like last night I read in New Mexico and cool. a lot of um, my poems have New Mexico in them because I'm originally from New Mexico. Wow. And, uh, but it was, it's about that and seeing like, each person, uh, each one of us kind of um, locate themselves, right, and find themselves in this in this new place, but also that we're traveling to these places, mm. too. And that's a big part of that. And I think that it echoes, it certainly echoes in my work as well. Very cool. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, <clears throat> as far as your, your work goes, uh, you know, thinking about focusing on the border, Right, we talk about the the clashing of cultures, merge, you know, and the traumas and the even the successes. Right, how how do you envision your works kind of 
reimagining, re-envisioning a, a new sense of the border, right? Do you, or if, if even that, you know? Um, I would say, uh, you know, it, it, so we're talking about like how our work speaks to this pilgrimage, right? And I think that um, in, in that question that I just, just asked is like knowing who, the, who are, are, are members of our family who had made these crossings before, mm -hmm. right? And as we're traveling also across the border, how easy it is for us in a car to drive and, you know, and, right. you know, with food, with water. Yes. And, we're, and then here I am writing and canonizing my grandfather, who was a bracero, who mm. many times didn't, you know, have all of um, uh, the like the the um, the easiness that we're having right now right. and honoring that as well. So in, in in many ways it's just that remembering and um and honoring and being thankful for what we you know in my like for what I have right now and uh, and um and like resucitando right the the their their um their stories uh, for you know for our like for my children mm -hmm. and uh, and knowing that yeah hmm. And in that sense, there's, uh, I mean, we all know this, the importance of being able to be in control of our stories, mm -hmm. right? And then and, and storytelling. Um, well, with that said, I, I, you know, I'd like for you guys to maybe share some of your pieces. I don't know what, what order you guys have decided on, but it'd be nice to just have a little, <laughs> little ring with snaps and all. Or, I don't know. I've gone last enjoy. the last two nights, so I can go first this time. Perfect. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to perform the uh, poem that opens my book called Malinche. Cool. I find the victims in the valley. I hunt the wilderness in myself. I stalk my prey through myself, let hornets hive my womb. I am born fragrant stars and make planets of my body. I noble the old people. I make victim the valley. I make mountains kneel in myself. I eat a crown of lead, make him an heir. I unearth the noble victim. I make valleys of young women. I cleave white the wilderness, take violence into ourself. I victim the gods in the valley, the victim, she is myself, victim in the valley, it is my own son. I stalk my victim in the valley, it is my son, people. I hunt my hunter, the wilderness, in myself. I open my illness to the kingdom. I am cleaved by the old and new world. I entomb elders in the valley and grow mild flowers of their teeth. I birth a betrayed nation. I fill with hunted, the wilderness is myself, my illness led us to this. See my braid, the poisoned river, and the lost tongues. I walk as night. I carry the child of the noble cause. I make my victim my nation. In the valley, I hunt the wilderness in myself, stalk the tall grasses. I am she who betrays blood for a little bit of kingdom. Wow. Awesome. Thank you, Vanessa, for, for getting that started. Um, and that's that. You know, I like how you invoke Malinche. You know, and and uh, love the imagery. That you guys... Yeah, I, it's um, it's an archetype that I think haunts Latinas. You know, mm -hmm. um, if you marry a white man, you're a Malinche. If you mm -hmm. participate, if you are successful, you're a Malinche. And so I'm I'm confronting that sexism and that sort of limitation head on to interrogate it throughout the book. Very good, and and. Uh, <clears throat> I'm curious to see that journey. I'm definitely going to pick up copies of your, of your works and, and read through them and, and uh, get you know reach out to you. 
you know, follow up with you on that for sure. <laughs> cool. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank I love you. I love the reading voice too. Yeah, guess that works. Okay. So this is uh, Sochi. Uh, the story of the stolen metate. When my grandparents moved to the little house on Fairmont Avenue, their belongings were scattered about the lawn as children of all sizes ran up and down red stoop steps to carry items inside one by one. In the commotion, a faceless neighbor or passerby lifted my grandmother's black lava metate and mano and the tools were never seen again. I wonder if my father's shoulders felt their weight lifted when the burglar picked the items from the yard. As eldest son, it was surely his job to carry the stone kitchen appliance along with the mocajete, my grandmother's only valuables from Mexico. I imagine him walking hunched back with the tool slung over a shoulder, black legs protruding from a rainbow sarape. He leads a baby brother by the hand while my grandmother follows close behind swaddling an ill daughter and calling to a wild travieso son, second son to hurry up. I see them, five in all, on a crowded bus traveling a dusty road north to meet my grandfather in Tijuana. He was in charge of handling the papers, my father of holding them tight, his siblings and his hand-carved inheritance. I didn't hear the story of the stolen metate until after my grandmother's death. Her seven children gathered in the little Fairmount house to organize paper paperwork, divvy up items, and share stories. My father found his original green card and gifted it to me. With, with his black and white adolescent face between my fingers, I asked, who carried the metate mocajete from Teocatiche? I can't remember, he said, but it had to be him. Maybe remembering hurts dusty shoulders. Maybe they miss the weight of home too much. Maybe my grandmother's hands miss turning the mano to grind down the corn for tortillas. When I picture her now, I only see hands folded over the kitchen table, kneading with worry. Maybe they remembered the question of how to feed the children. If I could ask her, I imagine she'd say, hands are never empty when folded in prayer. Wow, thank you. <clears throat> That's part of uh, Posada, mm -hmm. right? Very cool. I'm gonna read a poem uh, titled Dyad, and it's uh, because this place uh, with all of the artwork and the, what is it, the warped reflections? Warped reflections. All yeah. the artwork and the eyes, and this <laughs> is about duality. Okay, cool. Dyad. She wishes she had the ability to become larger. The monolith is pointing her toward herself. She hates that direction. Better to wash a hand, walk backward, Turn away from yourself, eat the fragments. Swallow a river of arrows pointed at each other. This makes you bigger. Too big you can't fit into your life. Swallow a banner fluttering pointed at home. Small, she is fisheye, turtle egg. The first map she makes is on the skin of a cloudy mushroom. On it is written a correspondence. The two selves looking on opposite sides of a dividing line. Where my hand points, the other is reflected. She is four now. She is an infinite, tiny self. Wow. Thank you. I love, I love those last lines when you can have a last line. And <laughs> kind of I have some buttons with that last line on it. 
Yeah. This is a pretty fun line. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Do you guys have like merch that you're bringing with you? Like you mentioned buns and, and like books. You books. have and you have your books, books and, and artwork. Yeah. Do you um, ever record your your pieces? Do like audio, like CDs and stuff. As no, well? I've never done that. Ah, okay. I just recently. Oh, oh, sorry. <clears throat> I just recently worked with um, Benjamin Boone at Fresno State. He's an amazing um, oh. uh, music artist, and uh, he recorded a, a poem called "Spirals" for cool. me, and cool. it was an amazing experience with uh, the music with a full with band. Oh, that's very a cool. Full band, it was amazing. I've always mm -hmm. been a, a big fan of that. Um, trying to do that myself. Now I'm trying to get used to recording poets, but let's go ahead and Yehida. <laughs> I don't want to leave you out here. Um, so I'm I'm in, I'm working on some poems where I'm canonizing my grandfather going through the entire process. So I'll read um, the first step, which is you write a letter to the Archbishop of where they passed away. Step one, the request. A letter to the Archbishop. Dear Archbishop Jose Horacio Gomez of Los Angeles, California. We, Teodoro Salvatierra's grandchildren residing in California, urge you to consider this honorable man who left this earth more than 10 years ago for canonization. Call him a Mexican servant of God, a servant of his people. Call him a recipient of aluminum bowls filled with food stamps for his American grandchildren offered by God's people. Call him a noun, tangible. Call him a person who is devoted to or guided by something like being guided by the absence in his daughter's childhoods waiting for him in Mexico. Call him a servant of California a traveler, call him a nomad, a member of a people with no fixed residence, moving from place to place usually seasonally and within a well-defined territory. Call him a person who becomes a place. He is Salinas, he is Watsonville, call him Santa Cruz, Fresno, San Jose, Yuba, call him Mariposa. Call him places that become a person, a nomad, a no man, a no land, a no food for your children on this land. Say he was a man of faith and contrition because his act of contrition were ballads for God in front of an altar made of braided wheat. He was a man of faith gifting his altar with bags of grain and lentils. His act of contrition were prayers of gratitude and grumbling bellies. His act of contrition were rescinding his altar offerings of grain and lentils and offering them instead of his grand instead to his grandchildren living in a place he served. No, he was a body, a horizon of perfectly lined green rows of agriculture. No, he was a California farm. His feet were roots. His fingers were flowering plants. Call him a servant of God. Request his canonization, patiently awaiting your reply, his grandchildren. Oh. Awesome. Thank you, Ida. Um, cool. And so based on, and you know, um, looking up your bios and your accomplishments and just even just what I, I just heard, you know, you guys, uh, you know, on this show in particular, and especially because it's centered around open mic, we get a lot of beginning writers and, and, and people starting out. Um, what kind of advice would you would you give to those kind of young aspiring writers who maybe haven't even started undergrad yet, you know, or if it's even you know MFAs or or you know are a thing now, whereas in the past maybe not as much. What kind of advice would you give to those types of you know the poets going to these open mics and kind of reading their pieces to like finding themselves, finding their voices, and so on? What kind of advice would you give for them, if if any? I yeah I 
I think a lot about my 13-year-old self and how much she let people tell her she couldn't do it, whatever it was. Mm. And I took every criticism to heart, and I believed people who wanted to see me fail, watch me, you know, uh, just disappear. And um, my advice would be, don't disappear. That's yeah. what the world wants you to do. Um, and to if, if this is what you want to do, do it faithfully and read as much as you can. Um, I don't care if you have to go into a Barnes and Noble and like just read really quick and not pay for the book. Um, go to a library, um, watch YouTube videos, immerse yourself in the writing process, listen to others before you know, you sit down to write, um, imitate even poems that you admire. Hmm. Um, but, um, participate in the community cause the poetry is community driven. Yeah. Um, and yeah, to, you know, find, find your <clears throat> self esteem. I, I love that. And I think that's really important because I think I, I've seen a lot of young poets not really attach themselves to community. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if that, you know, it comes a little later on with recognition that it's, it's easier, not easier, but it's more important to involve yourselves in this net, net of, of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you were talking about even as a young age, and I'm sure maybe you guys have experiences as well of, you know, being told, no, you don't, can't do that. You shouldn't do that. Um, what was the turning point for you to like, no, I'm going to do this. Put my <laughs> I, foot down. I have that turning point every day. There's, there's Good. no one turning point okay. where I went, oh, okay. Um, I think maybe it was in undergrad when a, a poet that I really respected sat me down and said, you really need to do this. Okay. Like, okay. The, this is not some talent that you just, you know, should do on the side. Like, mm. take that risk. You will be fine. You will eat every day. You will have shelter. Um, you know, cause a lot of the, the reason I didn't pursue poetry is cause I thought, oh, I can't put food on the table like this, you know? Um, but I still have to talk myself into doing it every day. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So cheers to every day. <laughs> awesome. And, and, uh, what about you? How about you guys? Um, I, I have to definitely agree with the community. I think having okay. a community of, of, um, of writers within one's life is very important. But I also have to say, it's not just young writers. You know, um, you know because uh, you, know, you have uh, people coming into um, expression through the word at different stages of their lives. I know that I've been writing for as long as I started to read and write. Um, but I've met a lot of people and women, particularly, um, I have a lot of women writers in my life that have started mm-hmm. later. And they're, so one, I think that what we have found very important is having that community um, that support your work, that give you um, critis- like um, uh, a lot of great feedback on what you're doing, knowing your art, mm-hmm. um, and that support you sometimes. Because it, I, it, I think it is an everyday, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, what you're doing with your work and... Um, just having that sense of community is very important, but it comes at, at any age, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. And yeah. reading your stuff out loud, I think that's a big thing. Yeah. Reading your stuff out loud and, and lots of, I mean, you've got to have guts to get up there and read a poem in front of a bunch of people that you yeah. don't know. Exactly. But I think that, you know, reading mm-hmm. it, reading your stuff over and over again in front of an audience, it gives you a different perspective other than just reading other mm-hmm. people's works, which is the most, I mean, it's so important, but yeah, reading your stuff out loud is really, really good to 
hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. hear how it sounds. And, and that's when you kind of start to go, oh, well, that is my voice because it's coming out of me. <laughs> so, yeah. Wait, that's which always seems to, I, I think, always scares people. <laughs> is that what I sound like? Oh, yes. geez. Especially if you hear it recorded mm-hmm. and yes. everything. Yeah. Um, I would say that I would just want um, people new to writing to not be, to not think that a poem has a sound a certain way or you have to have the right vocabulary or you have to have... There's nothing you have to have. Like, know that your story and your language and your life is worth being told. And and I just want people to know that it's worth being told. And please tell it. Absolutely. I'm going to definitely share that with all these, these uh, you know, people coming to, you know, kids, you know, youth coming to the open mics and wanting to get involved with it. And really just, you know, encouraging, you know, encouraging them to, to continue and find the craft. I think that's an important aspect. You know, like you said, read a lot. That's yes. such a significant aspect, you know, mm-hmm. that I, I still try and, you know, myself, like, <laughs> I have not read in a while, oh, geez, you know, yes. and then I think output, uh, output and input, it's kind of like breathing, right? You know, like yes. the input is all the, the stuff we take in that we read and experience and output, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I, I, I felt like a tangent coming on there. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway so um, what do you guys hope, uh, what do you see kind of growing out of this tour? Like uh, continuing on, or like, what what are you, or some goals you'd like to see, like maybe con- moving forward out of this tour that you guys have have created? Um, well, I know we've on. we've been invited to different places, but Sochi and I have talked about what else to do with us, and we're still, you know, we're we're not sure because it's a great, um, mm. it's I think it's been really important, but we have been invited back to, um, to I think it was Tucson, to do a panel, perhaps, and then maybe go. Um, and then Fresno will probably do it there. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we do want to, but there are other things you may um, you may do with this, just because I think we found we've been we were find this super powerful. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And um, so, do you guys have any projects yourselves, like reading series or journals that you're part of that you'd like to promote at this moment? Like we can, um, we can tag. I'm a co-founder of an organization called Women Who Submit, and um, that was inspired by an organization called Vita Women in Literary Arts. And uh, 2008 or 2009, this organization started counting how many uh, women were being published in journals, also how Mm -hmm. many book reviews were being done by for women authors. and they found that there was, you know, it was there was a lot of inequality, yeah. and that there was a, much more men being featured than women. And so, when that first started happening, the organization asked a lot of editors, "Well, why do you think that is?" Mm. And the common answer was, "Women aren't as um, aggressive about submitting as men are." So yeah. that our group got kind of birthed out of that idea, and we started creating these meetups. Uh, once a month, and we get together, and people have their computers, and people ha- we share journals because journals are expensive, and that's one of the things you know. A journal wants you to read their journal before you submit to them, so right. we share journals with each other. We share information. We share um, all like as much information as we can. We just want it to be as easy as possible for people to send their work out, and we hang out for three hours, and that's what we do. Um, so yeah, it's called Women Who Submit, but it's also, it's women and non-binary writers. Um, there's one in Houston. It's, um, there's, I believe one in Fresno. Yes, there Yay! is. That's oh. how we know each there other. <laughs> that right. is how I got con- yeah. in contact. So the, really yeah. wonderful. I mean, thank you so much for, for being the catalyst for that. Cause we brought that into Fresno and it has been so helpful to support ours, which is, we do, um, uh, I founded a, 
a collective called Women Writers of Color, and we do that as a part of it, and it's so important. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> so um, yeah, we have a <clears throat> yeah we have a Twitter where we are always sharing information, Facebook uh, website. So you don't even have to be a part of the group. And yeah. also when people like if people I'm the Twitter person, and if you at me like I just submitted, I will give you claps. Yeah. That's the best part actually. Yeah. When we're at a meetup, somebody goes I just submitted to blah blah this journal, and we go woo yeah. So I will even do that for you on Twitter if you there want you some, some support. <laughs> that's, that's a really important project because it has been brought up to me before, the, the kind of institutionalized, like just there's not as many women, women of color, like being published. So I, I'm looking forward to checking that out, actually. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, uh, I'll definitely link up to your guys' uh, profiles as well. You're, I guess if you have public author accounts on that so people can follow your work and see what you guys have been up to. But I know you guys have a lot ahead of you. You just got into El Paso. I'm going to give you guys some time to rest before this reading. <laughs> so uh, I, I, thanks for coming on and sharing your pieces. That was great. I'm looking forward to sharing this episode with our community. And, you know, as you said, you know, when you guys you know have more traveling or if we have writers coming to your guys' areas, we can, you know, talk about networking, great, making that web larger, you know. I'm looking forward to that. So thank you guys for joining. Thank you. Thank this you is so wonderful. Yeah, yes. Thank you for your generosity. Yeah. It was a really great cool. episode. Awesome. Cool. So the Be Woms podcast. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Yay. All right. Thank cool. you.